Hello, and welcome to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson. I'm the girls' basketball writer for Game Time, and we are joined, as always, by Will Aldum. Will, good morning. Good morning, Scott. Uh, welcome back to the show. How was your week? Uh, good week. Got some uh, good games in this week, so ready to talk about it. That's right. Yeah, you've been hanging in SWC country. We've all actually been hanging in SWC country. Right now, that's that's where the best games are. Um, you saw Newtown. I haven't seen Newtown yet. Uh, Newtown is the new number two team in the poll behind Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, we'll talk about their game coming up this week. But what did you think of Newtown when you when you saw them up there? Uh, I got to see them play Bethel at Bethel, and uh, I was pretty impressed by yeah. what they can do. Uh, especially they went on this one run that uh, eighteen to two run that turned into a twenty six to two run. So yeah. they really uh, can light it up when they get going. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you and I were both at Notre Dame Pomparag. Um, I think clearly those three teams are the top of that conference because you know Bethel's a pretty good team. And they haven't really been close to these to these teams. Notre Dame ran them out of the gym, and, and the Newtown game wasn't particularly close. Uh, what did you think when you saw Notre Dame-Fairfield? I mean, are they at the different level that everyone talks about? Yeah, the athleticism there is just uh, – <laughs> it's not – you can't match it. You really can't. You know, the Lancers just come at you in waves. Uh, they have so many girls that can score. You know, the first game I saw when they played Bethel – Imani McCullough had 30 points, and then the other night she only had 16, but she was marking their best girl. She had a ton of assists. Uh, you know, Neek Mayo ended up being the leading scorer with 17. But they have like five or six girls that can score at any point. The scary thing about Notre Dame is they're all underclassmen. Like, their best players are juniors. They have a bunch of sophomores. This team's going to be even better next year, which is scary. Um, having not seen Newington, I'm going to see Newington today. Uh, having not seen some of the teams from the CCC, it's hard to say but i have a hard time believing anyone's better than notre dame fairfield right now we'll see and notre dame fairfield and newington are both in the same class they're both in class l so they will have to play each other in the state tournament if it gets to that um all right i mean we got a game this week uh it, it doesn't happen very often but we will get number one notre dame against number two newtown uh, last year we had a one versus two we had uh, number two norwalk go up to number one new london and win that game Norwalk was number one the rest of the year before the two teams met again in the championship. Uh, Notre Dame and Newtown are going to play now. They could play again in the SWC championship. They're not in the same state class. Uh, I think this is going to be just a fantastic game. Uh, There's so many elements. And the fact that they're both in the same conference and they're number one versus number two is crazy. Uh, I don't remember the last time that happened. You know, usually you have to get these out of conference games because teams don't don't end up at this point this late in the season uh you know both of the top um newtown's only loss is out of state uh they lost to bridgewater mass you know we are at you know we're getting to the halfway point of the season we're going to talk about some of the great games we have coming up after our interview uh we do have richfield coach rob colony is that do you say colony colony i I always say colony i heard the announcer at richfield last week say colony and i was like have i been saying this wrong for the last five years Uh, He's a great guy. He's going to come on with us in a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, it's the halfway point of the season. Uh, We have three teams that are still unbeaten, Notre Dame Fairfield, Bacon Academy, and East Hampton. Uh, And and later on we'll talk about they all have really tough games coming up this season. Uh, Coming up this week, sorry, uh, and over the next two weeks. But the thing that's kind of stuck with me is, you know, we know those three teams at the top of the SWC are the best. But when you look at the FCX standings, the SCC standings, the CCC standings, 
I don't see what's differentiating any of these teams. They all have one or two losses, in some cases three. Like if you look at the CCC standings, you have Weathersfield ten and one, Southington ten and one, Newington nine and one, Berlin nine and one, East Catholic nine and one, Glastonbury nine and two, Northwest Catholic eight and two, Bloomfield seven and two, Windsor six and two, and then a really good team at EO Smith at eight and three. Like that is a huge jumble of teams at the halfway point. Nobody has separated themselves. When you look at the FCAC, you have St. Joe at nine and one. St. Joe has yet to play, you know, Norwalk, Danbury, uh, Stanford, uh, Ridgefield, or Trumbull or Staples. So they have their toughest games coming up, but they're nine and one right now. Uh, Stanford is eight and one. Trumbull's eight and two. Staples is eight and two. Danbury seven and two. Norwalk seven and two. Greenwich is seven and three. And then you get teams like Darien, Ward, Ridgefield, all with four losses. New Canaan, Wilton with five. I mean, you're talking about twelve teams that could that are still in the playoff race here. And we'll talk to Rob about this. It's incredible parity in the league. And and the teams that I've seen, I don't know what separates them. You know, I've seen Norwalk, I've seen Stanford, I've seen Trumbull. They're all good. I couldn't pick and tell you which one is the best right now. Um, as you've gone around to games, Will, what have you seen in terms of just parity and, and how equal a lot of these a lot of these ba- girls basketball teams are? I mean, again, I've mostly seen SWC, so right. I've been uh, lucky to see some of the, the best. <laughs> You've seen uh, the best, yeah. I mean, you you get to see a lot of ball movement. Is uh, the pace of play is way faster? Yeah, in these higher level games, and yeah, uh, yeah, that definitely shows with specifically the two teams I've seen: Notre Dame, Fairfield, and Newtown. They yeah. suck out for sure. They do, uh, you know, and when you have athletes like that, you know, there are some, you know, girls games where you see scores that are, you know, it's 26, 24, something like that as a final score. I mean, these teams are scoring near 70 points a night. They're definitely in the 60s every night. Um, I mean, 69-60, that Pomperog-Notre Dame game is one of the most entertaining girls games you can see. And, you know, Pomperog wasn't really close in the second half. It didn't feel like they were going to, you know, get back in that game, but... They put up 60 points against the number one team in the state. That That is a heck of a thing. Um, and then, you know, let's look at some of the smaller conferences. You know, the Shoreline, uh, East Hampton is one of the undefeated teams at 9-0. Cromwell's sitting there at 7-3. and um, But Cromwell's only losses are out of conference to Newtown, Pomperog, and then Canton, who's a really good team out of the NCCC. I almost always forget to add the extra C there. Uh, but Canton's 10-2. and and Canton's losses are to Simsbury from the CCC and to Notre Dame Fairfield. Um, you know, Notre Dame Fairfield really took care of business out of their conference this year. They also handed Newtown, I'm sorry, uh, New London, uh, one of their two losses. New London lost this week to South Kingstown, Rhode Island. Um, and their only other loss is to Notre Dame Fairfield. They haven't lost inside the ECC yet. Uh, we have Bacon at the top of that conference. Uh, Bacon and New London play in like two weeks, I think. Uh, but Bacon's going to get a test this week against NFA again. We'll talk about that game, you know, towards the end, uh, towards the end of the show. And then I just want to say one game that we had in the Berkshire League uh, before we get to Rob. Um, the Berkshire League is Pete's favorite league, producer Pete. Uh, but we don't talk about them a lot. But Nanawag had been absolutely rolling through the Berkshire League so far. They beat Northwestern Tuesday, uh, 36-32. I thought that would be their toughest test. But then they went to Housey, Housatonic Regional, and they lost 45-44. Pretty big upset uh, in the in the conference. Uh, you know, Housatonic was, is, is okay. They're a good team. Uh, they beat Gilbert, they, but they lost Northwestern. They, they lost 
to Chapag. They lost to Thomaston. Um, so that is an absolutely huge win for Housatag to go and and have Nanawag come to their home court and beat them. I think Nanawag is going to still be really, really good. And, um, they, you know, they have to play Thomaston coming up. They have to play Litchfield, and they have to play Northwestern again. And then, of course, Housatonic does have to go to Nanawag also on the 18th. Uh, we don't get up to the Berkshire League as much as we'd like to. Um, I'm sorry that we sometimes forget about them. But, you know, they have some good girls basketball, and they are always contenders, in, you know, in Class S once they get to the state tournament because their conference is so strong. So you see that in the shoreline. You see that in the Berkshire League. We don't always get to their games. We don't always cover them as much as we cover the double L and L schools. But there's some really good basketball. And, and come tournament time, these are going to be teams that we are talking about. Um, so with that, we are going to get to our interview with Ridgefield coach Rob Colony, and we'll be right back on Give and Go. We are joined by Ridgefield girls basketball coach Rob Colony. Rob, welcome to Give and Go with Scott and Will. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, always, always good to see you guys at games and, and follow your coverage. I think uh, the student athletes of the state are really, really lucky for the hard work and creativity you put in. So thank you for that. Wow, you're coming right at us with the uh, compliments. I like that. <laughs> it means a lot. It means a lot. To, it means a lot to everybody. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. And we appreciate the time that coaches give to us, you know, win or lose, um, especially when coaches lose. When they come and talk to us, we always appreciate that because we know it's the last thing you want to do after you lose is, is come talk to us about it, you know? It's <laughs> not an issue. <laughs> uh, so you are now the Ridgefield coach. You were the Wilton coach. What has that been like jumping from one side of a rivalry to the other? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunity to get back into the state of Connecticut. And, you know, I think coaching basketball is the thing that in my life brings me the most joy. I think um, the impact that you can have on people, um, both student athletes and otherwise, uh, is pretty profound. And, and the impact that those people have on me is is just as um just as amazing. So, um, you know, when I had the opportunity to come back, obviously, um, the Wilton job was, was, uh, occupied. And, and so, um, I applied for the Richfield job and, and was fortunate enough to get an interview and, and, um, and, and get the offer. I think, you know, I think that I didn't grow up in Connecticut. I didn't, um, play in this rivalry other than coaching it. Um, and I think rivalries are fun because they, they keep you engaged in sports and they allow you to get an escape from reality, which is really what sports are in general. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I think it's been interesting. I think I've probably taken some heat on uh, social media and things like that, but I don't, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I, I think my brother and sister back in New Jersey uh, <laughs> keep me posted on that stuff more than, more than I pay attention to it, but it was not anything that was done with malice. I think the fact of the matter is I wanted to, I wanted to coach and I wanted to have an opportunity to, um, offer a special experience to a young group of people. Um, and I was very fortunate enough to do that for many years in Wilton. Um, and I, I've, I've really enjoyed starting to do it here in Richfield. So, um, I think it's a lot more, um, to, maybe tumultuous is the wrong word, but a, a lot more interesting to the naked eye or to the outsider. Yeah. Um, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm here to come in and, and, and go to work every day and um, to offer a positive experience to the group 
of people that I uh, that I've been fortunate enough to to be called to lead, and um, you know we'll play Wilton the last game of the year because when else would that game be scheduled? Exactly, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll and we'll go from there. And ultimately, you know, you look at a lot of these rivalries: Wilton, Richfield, McKinnon, Darien, whatever it is. Ultimately, the kids in the towns are very similar. I mean, do you find that that you know the kids in Richfield really are no different than the kids in Wilton? Sure. I mean, I think you know, I think if you do this long enough and you speak to uh, student athletes who are between 14 and 18 years old, you'll find that a lot of them are very similar. Um, and, and so, yeah, I definitely agree. And I think also, you know, what's interesting is you find a lot of, um, of these people that compete against each other for years, not just in the high school, but, uh, in youth programs beforehand in any sport, um, they end up being pretty friendly. Yeah. So I, I know that it's a rivalry and it's fun and it's, it's tradition. And listen, those things are important. Um, and we'll definitely have some fun with that. Um, but I, I, I think that you're, you're absolutely right. I think there's a lot of similarities and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting for, for me. Like I had to, I, the, for, when I got the job at Richfield and I, I, you know, I, I try to keep my parents abreast of what's going on. Um, they're, they're very, very close and important to me. And, and, when I called my mother, the first thing she said was, well, what are you going to do with all your clothes? <laughs> so I think, uh, I think the rivalry for me, what it's meant is I've had to, I've had to eliminate one wardrobe and accumulate another. <laughs> um, speaking of your time with Wilton back in, uh, 2014, you, uh, helped, as an assistant coach brought them to the first class LL state championship. Uh, have you taken any of the, the information you learned from that year and applied it to Ridgefield? Sure. Um, you know, that was a special year. I think one thing that I remember about that year more than anything was uh, we lost to Ridgefield in the semifinals of the FCAC tournament. And so, um, you know, we were we were we had one loss coming in. We lost the first game of the year to Fairfield Ludlow at home. Um, I think it was 43, 42. And it was, it, it was kind of a shock for the girls, I think. So I think one thing that always sticks in my mind about that season specifically um, is that as long as you don't allow other people to outwork you in, in any, in anything. And obviously we're talking basketball, but I think the game of basketball is so beautiful because you can really teach some fundamental life lessons and, and allow for some success to follow. And so, um, you know, nobody is unbeatable and you can, and you're seeing that in the FCA, you see it every year in the FCA, boys and girls, just things that happen and you look at a score and you're like, how did that happen? But um, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of, powerful things can happen when you motivate young people uh, and when you get them to believe in themselves. And a lot of it so much is, is mental. And can you get over the hump? And, you know, I remember we went down to Richfield by 16 points in that FCAC tournament in the semifinals. Um, and I think we came back and, and lost by one or two. Um, and, and the girls were pretty uh, understandably broken up. I think, you know, Wilton hasn't won an FCAC girls basketball title since 1989. They've never won on, won on, on the boys' side. Um, and, and so that was kind of their, their goal, you know, and, and when they fell short of it, it was like, okay, well, you have two options. You can, you can get back to work. We can get back in the lab and we can, we can figure out what's going to, what's going to help us be successful for the state tournament. Um, or we can kind of fold. Um, and so the first two state games were, were, um, we were successful. And then in the third one, we had to play Stanford. Uh, and that was Tiana England's junior year, Alexa Kellner's freshman year. Um, and they were winning through three quarters and, and, and you know, we came, Wilton came out and, and won that one. And then the next, uh, the next game was, was against Mercy. And, and, and that was a game that, that Wilton won by one. So, um, I think, I think 
instilling confidence. I, I try to be as positive, but as honest as I can with, with the girls that I coach. Um, I want them to understand accountability, but I also want them to believe in themselves. And, you know, I, I have this saying before every game that I say, you know, we talk about our goals uh, and, and what our, what our keys are for the opponent. And then we talk about our keys every time and our keys are to play hard, to play fast, to play loose, to play together and to let mistakes be mine and the successes be theirs. Uh, and, and so I want them to aggressively make mistakes as long as they don't turn into habits. And if you make a mistake, turn around and say, that was your fault. You know, I, I can deal with that. I, I can, I don't want them to marinate on their mistakes and have that compound into a next possession or a next possession or a next possession. Um, and now in Richfield, I think, you know, a challenge for me has been to get to know the girls, their strengths, their weaknesses, what I can push them to and, and, and when they need to get a break in a game. And, and so I think the mistakes that we make as a, as a team very much are mine this year uh, and will continue to be as I try to make sure that I put our girls in the best position to be successful. And, and that's just not you know, wins and losses, but that's, that's off the court too. Really trying to develop a quality relationship with them. Because I think one thing that I loved about Wilton is that I had coached in the town since 2009. So now you kind of hit the reset button in Ridgefield and I'm more than willing and excited about devoting that same amount of time, if not more to have that same type of relationship building ability in, in Ridgefield. So I think that's probably one of my biggest focuses is making sure that the girls know that I'm going to do everything that I can to get to know them as people first, to develop them as players, yes, but develop them as people more than anything else. And I, and I want to get to know them, um, their likes, their dislikes, what their strengths are, what they struggle with. Um, I think that's important because I think there's there's not one person on this planet who couldn't benefit from another, another mentor or another role model. And, and I have a group of people that I reach out to constantly um, to, to help me with my struggles and my concerns in life. Um, and, and so I want to be that person for them. So, um, so I think my takeaway, you know, a long answer to your question, my takeaway from that Wilton team is, you know, it's about confidence and it's about relationships and it's about, you know, why do you coach? You don't, you don't coach to, you know, I'm not coaching to put an FCAC championship, uh, you know, trophy or medal on my desk or, or on my resume, or, um, I, I'm doing it for the relationships so that, you know, we, we played Trumbull a few weeks ago and I had girls from my first Wilton team come in the gym on, on break to watch Trumbull play Ridgefield and Trumbull. And it's like, That's awesome. you know, that, that to me, that to me is like the personification of why you do this. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I try to learn a lot from everything that I do and, and I try to allow myself to make mistakes and I try to take that same mindset when, when we're on the floor coaching. Yeah. I mean, when you were at Wilton, you, you kind of had a uh, transition where you're the assistant and you go right into the head coach, you know, the kids all know the program. I'm sure there's a few things you changed when you get to Richfield. Are you, is everything new? I mean, are you putting in all your own off, new offense, new defensive schemes, or was there anything that you tried to keep, uh, you know, the girls f familiar with from the previous teams? Sure. Um, one thing that I think I always admired about Ridgefield um, was their tenacity on the defensive end. Yeah. So we, we tried to harness that and we are working on, um, staying true to the principles that they know, you know, luckily, um, the, the defense that they were taught, um, I, I, I love it. Yeah. And so we're not really changing too much about that. We're adding a few wrinkles. We're doing a few things differently. Um, but you know, today we'll be, um, 
you know, just our 24th practice. So we've had nine games and 24 practices and that's all I've had. So I'm trying also not to overwhelm them. Um, and you want to make sure that it's, it's not so confusing that in the heat of an FCX schedule where, you know, a few weeks ago we played Stanford and Trumbull back to back and, and, you know, two absolute dogfights against two great teams. You you also don't want to lose the kids. I don't want the, I don't want the team to think, this isn't working immediately. I don't trust Rob. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to find that balance of how can I make this fun, enjoyable? How can I make it comprehensive for them so that it's it's covering things so that we're in positions to be successful, but also so that it's not overly uh, convoluted or confusing. So we did take some concepts offensively. I, I did put in my own system. Um, I guess you guys could tell me at the end of the year if that was a good idea or not. <laughs> but uh but no, I, I, I think they're responding to it well. And, you know, they're really good kids, as, as all the, uh, the kids that I have a chance. I mean, I coach AAU for Chris Limwall out of St. Joe's. And, and so for the last five or six years, I've coached a lot of St. Joe's and Trumbull girls. So, right. you know, we go and play those games and it's like, oh, I, you know, I love this kid so much, but now I got to figure out how to beat him. Um, so I think, you know, you, you develop relationships with people that way and realize that we're all pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, you... I mean, taking over, but you had a really tough stretch. It wasn't just Stanford and Trumbull. You also had Greenwich and NFA and Danbury in that stretch. Did the games like that early in the season help you that you were in close games, you were in fights with these teams as you move forward? I think so. I think, look, you know, yeah, we went Greenwich, Stanford, Trumbull, back to back to back. And <laughs> NFA is a pretty good team who you beat, too. Yeah, we were fortunate enough to beat NFA. You know, I always say <clears throat> about um, – winter break games, I think there are trap games for everybody involved. So yeah. um, I, I try to avoid them. I think NFA is a tremendous team. Um, I think we were we, we, we played very well that night um, or that afternoon, I should say. Um, but I, I think that teams, you know, December, you're kind of figuring out what's what. I think uh, a few years ago, Diane Burns had a quote in the paper, the Stanford head coach that stuck with me. Um, and she said, you know, we don't win championships in December. Right. And, and I thought that was a powerful statement. So I was happy for the girls because it was a win. It was a big win on paper, at least from, from what you guys, you know, you, you put out your top 10. And so we're cognizant at the time NFA was fifth. So, all right, we're going to watch that. You know, we, we know it's going to be a challenge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think being in those games early on, uh, is great for the girls because those are the games you want to be a part of. Sure. You know, I, I want to be in close games, win or lose. I want to learn how to lose, and then I want to learn how to win. And I think that's why I was so happy with our win against Ludlow on Friday um, because it was a close game. We we missed a ton of layups. Ludlow missed a ton of free throws. Um, neither team played as well as I know that, that they can play, and Sarah does such a great job with with those kids in Ludlow and, and you want to talk about a tough start to a schedule, oh, uh, go look at their schedule. Yeah, I mean, brutal. and Ludlow has been in every single game and you know, they lose Bridget Pullman, but they've got her sister, Anna now, and uh, they got the, the three freshmen who are playing really well. And so look, uh, the FCAC is funny that way, but I think what was important for me to get out of that game for our kids on Friday was, let's learn how to win a close game. Let's yeah. learn how to take a lead. You know, we went down six in the second half and we're able to come back and hold on to a lead. I think that's important because I think in watching film from last year's Richfield team and preparing for this year, um, there were a number of times where they had the lead going into the fourth and they blew it. Yeah. 
Um, and that happens in girls basketball. It happens to every team. It happens in boys. It happens everywhere. But I think for us, uh, you know, this specific group needed needs to, to learn that they are good enough and they can finish games and they don't have to panic. So, so those are the things that we're working on. And I think being in close games is exciting. Uh, I don't, I don't think, you know, you could take the blowouts. I, I don't want to be a part of those games. I don't think that teams on the, on the winning or losing end. And I've been on both of them get anything out of those. Um, and, and so I'd rather be a part of those close games and figure out, man, we were that close against Stanford. Man, we were that close against Trumbull. Um, uh, I won't say the same about Greenwich. They 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 uh, they, they did a nice yeah. job against us. They did, um, but but you know I think to take that loss against Greenwich and come back and and play Stanford tough and play Trumbull tough. You know you, you don't win you don't win awards for tough and you, and you don't you don't you don't get a game in the standings for tough. But um, but again, fostering that that confidence and that belief. Stick with us. You're, you're close, girls. You're close. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. And the, the FCAC, I mean, it's always a tough league. There's always a lot of parity. We were talking before we came on, and I just don't see a lot of room between these teams. And it's almost like 11 and 12 deep. And if you want to go down and put Ludlow in that, too, because Ludlow's already played Norwalk, Greenwich, Staples, Trumbull, Stanford, and you guys. So obviously their schedule is going to lighten up a little bit in the second half. But when you start talking about the playoffs, we're at the midpoint of the season now. I mean, it is such a jumble there. What have you thought of the FCAC this year as opposed to years past? Oh, isn't it great? It's awesome. It's so fun. It. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. I mean, I, I why would you – What? It, here's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of coaching in – obviously, it's a lot, a lot more work, but it reminds me of coaching in – the FCBL, where you show up on a Saturday or a Sunday when I coached youth, yeah, and and every single game was competitive, yeah, and and this year in the FCA, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, why would you not want that if if you're if you're a competitor and and you like being challenged? I mean, look, tomorrow we play Trinity Catholic, who is having a down year as far as standings go. Okay, great, they played an absolute beast of a game against Norwalk at Norwalk on Friday, yep. right? And they won the state championship last year. They have three starters back. You can't sleep on any team. Look at what Darien and New Canaan have done. Right. So New Canaan, and, New Canaan and Darien have huge wins this year. Darien beat Trumbull, lost to New Canaan. New Canaan beat Greenwich. Greenwich lost to St. Joe's. You can't finger point anybody and say, oh, this is going to be an easy night. This is going to be a relaxed night. And I'll be honest with you. That's a coach's dream because I've never taken that mindset. I prepare a scouting report. I watch every single team multiple times um, because I believe in preparing our, our kids for success. And I believe that the concepts behind preparation go far deeper than basketball. I want yeah. them to be prepared in everything that they do, and that's what I'm trying to teach them. Now, when we look at these these teams, you prepare for these teams, but you can't you know, you really have to respect your opponent. And so yeah. you get into a circumstance where, um, you know, we know that every team is going to give us their best game, especially because, um, you know, we're three and four in the league. So, you know, you might, you might be able to afford a few more losses, but you don't know what the, you know, what the threshold is going to be between six, seven and eight and what those tiebreakers are going to come down to. And I think that's, that's really going to be the difference is, you know, all these teams that finish with, you know, six, seven, eight FCAC losses, potentially, who beat whom, and, and and how do you how do you jockey for position to, to make sure you're playing on that Saturday in February? So your team is obviously good enough to compete. You're good enough to make the FCI playoffs this year, but it's also your first season. You're developing a program. How do you balance trying to win now versus trying to build a program that's going to be able to sustain for for years and years? You hope. 
Sure. Um, you know, I think that's a good question. I think that that building a program line gets tossed out a lot. And I think from my perspective, I want to build a program that understands me and that I understand. Uh-huh. But in terms of a program that's built to have sustained and continued success, I think Richfield has done a really nice job as a community. I mean, have, there's yeah. a lot of girls that come out. There's a lot of girls that come out for the team. They have a nice youth program, both with the RBA and with St. Mary's. There's a lot of dedicated families and administrators that um, see the value in giving opportunities to let to let young women play basketball. So um, I, I'm not going to take credit for building that. What I what I will say is I'm, I am trying to establish a culture of we expect to prepare, we expect to work hard, we expect to have open lines of communication with each other. I'm approachable. I'm not a scary person. Um, although, you know, if you see me at the end of a game, maybe I'll spook you a little bit. But I try to stay out of the. I try to stay down at the baseline and talk to myself. Some, but, some referees um, might not agree with you, Rob. I, 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 I was called John Simone called me a choir boy on Friday. So oh, I wow! Think <laughs> I know. Um, so so. I think that, yeah, there's a culture that we want to establish. I think the program is poised for success. I think in the way that we evaluate how we're doing, um, are, are the girls having fun? Are, yeah. are we are we competitive? Um, and, and, and are they engaged for the full season? Basketball season is long. It's challenging. So can I, can I get you engaged? Are you enjoying yourself? Um, are you comfortable with your role and are you a good teammate? And I think if we can do those things, we'll be where we want to be um, personally and, and professionally at the end of the year. I mean, girls basketball has come a long way in the last 20 years in Connecticut. You know, you talk about the youth program there, but what about the AAU programs? You mentioned them a little bit briefly, but the fact that a lot of these girls do play year round now, has have you seen just in your time here, the quality of the girls basketball overall rise? I think so. I think, you know, um, when I first started, you know, I could tell you the best players on all those teams. Um, and I, and I think what, what you saw a lot more of were, um, you know, teams that had one best player and that were doing other things with, with role players who might've been three sport athletes. Um, you know, now I think you are seeing girls who like to play the game a lot more. I think it's a lot a lot over more oversaturated as far as AAU goes. You know, when I was in high school, you had to be asked to play. Right. Um, and now you can pretty much play if you have a checkbook and, and you're associated with a town, which is not a necessarily a bad thing. But I right. do think in, in some capacities, it oversaturates the competition because you also want to make sure if you're playing four games a weekend that you're getting challenged in some capacity. So um, my, my, my view on AAU as a whole is – we are going to do our very best um, to make sure that practices are where you get the most out of. So when I'm coaching some of these girls from Trumbull or St. Joe's, um, uh, you know, a lot of the things that I'm asking them are, you know, what does Coach Limal or what do Coach Tovich, what do they want you to get better at? What do you want to get better at? Yeah. And how can I help you do that? So we focus our practices around around individual skill development and then and then try to be successful in games, obviously. But um, that's secondary, I think, in AAU. I, I think I would never ask a kid to play one sport year round. I think it leads to injury. I think it's yeah. it's not right. I think you're in high school once. Go go play what you want. Um, and you see that you know, soccer <laughs> scares me. Don't get a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but other than that, go play what you want. Get better. Enjoy the time with friends. Uh, high school is the greatest time ever. You should be enjoying it. And you have a bunch of girls on your team that that play multiple sports. I saw Ariana uh, Garrick from Staples, who's such a great athlete. 
And you can see that her speed and stuff from soccer carries over to the basketball court. I mean, the multi-sport athletes, especially in girls' basketball, seem to sometimes be the best. I mean, of course, you always have the Tiana Englands and girls like that who are just basketball. But, you know, the consistently good players seem to play multiple sports. I don't know how many girls you have on your team now that, that play soccer or field hockey or lacrosse. Yeah, quite a few. And I think, you know, the other thing, when you go into an environment like Ridgefield or like Wilton or um, Staples that you mentioned, like they're not just playing multiple sports. They're competitive in these sports. I mean, Megan Klosowski, Megan Klosowski and Kelly Chittenden are all, are, 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 have been to state championships in soccer, FCAC championships in soccer. Megan Klosowski came from the, the CHSCA or what, you know, the, forgive me on the acronym, not a huge soccer guy, but the banquet at the AquaTurf yesterday, she yeah. came right to practice after that. It's like, you know, these are seasoned athletes who um, just have unbelievable motors. I don't know how they do it. All right, Rob, here's the toughest question. Who has the best pizza, Wilton or Richfield? Oh, it's without question, Richfield. I, wow. I said for, I said, <laughs> Scott, Listen, for years, you could ask any girl that ever played for me in, in Wilton. I had no complaints about Wilton. I had one complaint. Your pizza stinks. <laughs> and I said it all the time. And now, listen, I grew I, up in New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, so it's a little different. Yeah. But um, but 850 degrees at Ridgefield, they are absolutely tremendous. I go there very, very often. My only complaint is that sometimes I get out of a game a little bit late and they close at 10 on a Friday. Yeah. Got a over there for, but, um, that is the one problem with Richfield is uh, everything's closed by the time the game's over and I, I, I write my story and I leave there. Everything's shut down in town. I know. That's a bummer. So I, I live in Norwalk now, so I usually navigate back home and get some to eat, but... Uh, but 850 is good. I mean, girls like planting pizza. I think I think Richfield better pizza hands down, no question. I know I know uh, that's a that's a big question for you guys. So you're you're big on the snack stand. Although I think I think the Richfield snack stand is somewhat decent. We'll have to get you hooked up. We'll get you a pretzel and a and a slice the next time you're, you're yeah. There's you're always there's always pizza at Richfield. I, I do know there's always pizza at Richfield. Uh, well, listen, Rob, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, we, I think you're going to have a, a good second half of the season. And, um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to, to do this today. We appreciate it. Really appreciate you guys and uh, continued success in all you're doing. I know, like I said at the top, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. And I think it's huge for, for the young people in the state. So keep up the great work. Uh, keep printing out the nasty tweets on those T-shirts because we'll support <laughs> you. Anything you need. All right. Thanks, Rob. See you soon. All right. All the best. Bye. Bye. We are back on Give and Go. We want to thank uh, Richfield coach Rob Colonay. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, it's always great when you just ask a question and the coach talks for five, six minutes. So he obviously has a lot to say about girls basketball. Uh, you know, he's, he's coaching a good program there at Richfield, and we wish him the best of luck. Um, if you have a chance to get up to Richfield, they have a new gym floor, new scoreboard with – you know, video and stuff. So that is awesome. Uh, I just want to talk about a couple games before we get out of here because the three undefeated teams, Notre Dame, Fairfield, Bacon Academy, and East Hampton, all have challenging games this week uh, and all could lose a game. So, of course, number one versus number two is Thursday. That's Notre Dame, Fairfield against Newtown. I'll be there. I think that that's going to draw a pretty good crowd up to Newtown. Um, I, you know, the Pop Rod coach said to me the other day, I wish more people would come out for these games. And the girls' games have a hard time drawing student fans, 
until the playoffs. And they should come out and watch this game if, if, if you have a chance. Newtown, Notre Dame, Fairfield, really as good as it gets this year. Um, then uh, East Hampton, who's also undefeated, plays Cromwell on Friday. As I mentioned before, Cromwell's only losses are outside the shoreline. Um, so I think they are the biggest threat to knocking off East Hampton. I still think Cromwell is the best team in the shoreline. Uh, and then Bacon Academy, which is undefeated, uh, they play NFA. NFA is a team we were just talking to Rob about. Um, so Bacon gets challenged by NFA, and then they play New London in two weeks, I think. So, look, there's some good girls basketball games out there this year. We're at the halfway point of the season. We're coming down to the stretch. Uh, get out. Go watch some girls basketball. If you only go to one game this year, go to that Notre Dame-Newtown game. But, hey, or don't. I don't care what you do. Uh, but they are awesome, and it is a really good season so far. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, for Will, I'm Scott. We'll see you next time on Give and Go.